Greetings, and welcome to a special edition of the Loaded Cart Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they talk about the things they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, we talk about how Google and YouTube imploded upon themselves and answer questions from our audience. We love you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Card Podcast. The We're Fucking Sorry Edition. I am Paul of What's While Playing Today, and with me as always is Dan, otherwise known as Chop the Viking. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going, Paul? Yeah, kind of shit. So we've got a, a bit of a a problem here. So when we attempted to record the DLC quest episode the first time... Oh, we didn't attempt. We recorded the shit out of the DLC quest episode. There was an attempt because it <laughs> kind of a- fucked up. Yeah, apparently... Google Hangouts and YouTube had other ideas when we recorded the episode. Yeah. Um, and I didn't catch it until, what was it, last night? I don't know. It was. Yeah, you were you went to go uh, export the audio last night because uh, we export the audio from YouTube in order to be able to edit it to put the podcast out. And Dan checked on like five different devices and yeah. the audio was just not there. I yes. checked on my phone as well and just not there. Well, first, I, like, I already had the video downloaded to my computer and I just, you know, ripped the audio from it and went to go edit it. And it's like, oh, that's a whole lot of silence. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, an hour and a half of silence. So I was like, okay, cool. Let me go re-download the video. So I re-downloaded it, exported everything again. And again, a whole bunch of silence. I'm like, okay, that's a little weird. Yep. Uh, So then I went and watched the video on YouTube and the video is all choppy Mm. and there's no audio. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Okay, that's weird. Let me check on this computer on this other browser. And uh, <laughs> yep, still choppy. And then I was like, well, let me check on my phone. Yep. Let me check on my iPad. Yep. Like it's no matter what, it was all choppy video and no audio. And then I sent it to Paul and Paul's also like, okay, I can't listen to this on this device because <laughs> I don't well, have speakers. Yeah, I didn't have I didn't have audio. <laughs> my, my, my work laptop does not have any audio for some reason. So I was like, mm, I can't listen to this. No big deal. However, uh, I tried it on my phone, didn't work. When I got to work the next day, I went to browser stack. I went through Windows 7, Windows XP, Windows 95, and Windows, wait, we're, not, we're on now Windows 7, right? Or Win, Windows Win 10, 10. Win 10. I went through all of those Windows versions, as well as every single browser I could, I could prospectively find fucking nothing. So, sorry. Yeah. We're going to have to re-record that. That's why we're giving you this extra special episode. Yeah, so we're we just we wanted to tell you guys what's going on. We're recording this real quick. We're gonna answer our viewer questions that we originally answered in the other video, uh, just to kind of get those out there and give you guys something to listen to. Uh, and then our plan is to re-record the DLC quest episode this weekend, and then from there go back to kind of our regular every other week schedule. We're basically gonna try and get the get the DLC quest episode to you guys as quickly as we can, but we. We kind of don't have a timeline for it. It's just as fast as I can get it edited, really. And then we'll get it out. But yeah, we're just we're going to try and get back on schedule. But this we're putting this out there to give you guys something at least to listen to while we uh, work on fixing the technical difficulty we had. And then we're also going to start looking into 
ways to uh, make sure this doesn't happen again by having backups in place, basically. Yeah, pretty much. I do want to make a quick call out, though. Thank you, Dan, for uh, taking up all of the mantles of editing the podcast, because I not only have I been inundated with my day job, which has had me working nights several times this month, I've also been trying to pound out the audio book, which is due November 25th. Uh, today's the ninth that we're recording, so I've yeah. got forty percent of the way through. For That's recording good. anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I know the feeling because I have like, oh, I can we can further apologize, yay, because I can do this. Um, I still haven't finished working on the download of the month for November, like because it's a more complex video that I'm trying to make. Because the other one was super simple because it was just like a little, basically it was Minesweeper, just yeah. a weird, a weird, weird Minesweeper, which was really fun, but. Yeah, this one is a little more complicated and I'm trying to to get better at editing video. So I'm trying to do a more complicated video edit. Uh, and I actually have notes of all of the scenes that I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah, that is a lengthy list. It's already a full page. Do you have more? Yeah. It's a No, it's just this one page, but it's a five minute video. And so I have, I recorded about, I don't know, three or four hours of gameplay and I'm trying to just chop out little scenes to make a five minute montage of kind of give you an idea of what's going on in the game dang it's yeah it's yeah it's there all right then <laughs> but yeah i should have that finished by the end of the week too and that'll just go up on youtube whenever it's done and well you know, hopefully let's hope the, so hopefully by the time this reaches your ears on monday that'll be on youtube and you guys can go check it out and i will have the link in the show notes and we'll also uh, have a little quick little blurb as well to de- for the download of the month that, yeah. that dan always does I'm, I might do one of those someday. <laughs> someday. You should. But you at got... least record the blurb. I'm not going to do the audio. Oh, I mean, you've got the gig to do. So, you know. Yes. You gotta... I'll record the blurb all you want. I'm not, I don't know if I can do the video editing. Anyway, yeah. so questions, concerns, comments, topics. Um, Uwe Bull is giving up on film. Yay. Yes. Yes. So, some, some industry news that's been going on for, we, we reported on this last time and so some of the stuff is a couple weeks old but you know you guys may not have heard about it uh but yeah yui bowl is fed up with the film industry yep critics and stuff so he's throwing in his in the towel throwing the metaphorical towel yeah he he's finally gotten to a point where he's just like i hate everything about hollywood i'm done and i i'm just sitting here like thank fucking god yeah so no more terrible video game movies and they were so, terrible. I don't think he's made. I think he's made one passable movie, and that was about it. And I can't even remember the name of the film. So that could be funny. We should shrug. Uh, we should start don't, another. Don't 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 do that. Start another corner no. and just watch video game movies. No. <laughs> no. Are you sure? One hundred percent positive. I think it'd be kind of funny. I cannot get more positive about this than I've ever been about anything in my life. It's not happening. How about you guys let us know if we get enough people saying do video game movie corner? I'm still not going to do it. You you will convince Paul. You'll you'll do it. Why why do you got to lie to our audience? Why you got to lie to them? We're hey, doing this nice episode where we're telling them the truth about how we fucked up an episode or how Google and YouTube have fucked up an episode, and you're going to lie to them straight up. Are you telling me that if we got enough audience desire for participation in a video game movie night, you would not do it? You're correct. What a party pooper. You hear that, guys? He's he's it's, pooping on your party. It's Uwe Bull Films. 
Back not necessarily. There's only some of them are Uwe Boll films. Yeah, but everything else is Paul W. S. Anderson, fucking garbage Resident Evil films. I'm not gonna watch those. What about Super Mario Brothers? <laughs> we don't talk about Super Mario Brothers. What about Doom? Doom is actually pretty good. I liked it. What about Aliens? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's not a video game. What? Get out of here. Anyway, more news. There was a big announcement that Dan's super excited about. Yeah, so a couple of weird things happened at a big event that Microsoft held a couple of weeks ago. It was October 26th. One of them is kind of gaming related. One of them is just really cool technology related. So the really cool technology related one is uh, the Surface Studio. And in case you haven't seen this, we're going to include a link to the video trailer for it because while it's ridiculously expensive, I think they start at like $3,000. Yeah. Fucking beautiful. Like, so this oh, it's thing, amazing. it's basically, it's a 28 inch laptop with pixel sense, which means that, you know, the DPI on the uh, monitor is so high, you can't see the individual pixels when you're sitting at the appropriate distance. So, I mean, Everyone has a different name for this thing. Like Apple calls it retina displays. Like that's their their term for it. But yeah, everyone has their own term for this stupid crap. But what's cool about it is that so it's a um, it's a standalone PC. So imagine it's basically what you think of like as an iMac. Like it is that style of standalone computer. Except this thing has like pneumatic pistons in it, and you can lay it down like an artist canvas, and yep. the entire screen is a touchscreen, and you can use a pen on it. And then there's this also this weird little knob that they make that it's called like maybe the surface wheel, I think. I don't remember what they call it, but it's it's a basically a big ass knob and you can put it on the screen and like rotate it to adjust color palette and turn drawings and other really kind of cool stuff. But nice. it just it looks really fucking cool and futuristic, like you know, what we all wanted computers to be when we were kids, based on movies and yeah. like I personally think it would be really fucking cool for audio editing or video editing, but yeah, well, three thousand dollars—it's a pretty prohibitive cost. Yeah, it's it's a little expensive at three grand, just a little. The one thing I like is that it can basically have an angle. It's like a drafting table angle, yeah. and it, it's it's very excellent for artistry. Pretty much any—you've got a Wacom tablet that's about the same price. You can do that directly on the surface, as opposed to working in, through an intermediary on the tablet. Yeah. So it's it's just kind of it's cool. Like just go watch the video and just kind of drool over it for a minute and be like, all right, cool. I'm I'm I want to see what they do with the next ones, and I want this technology to get cheaper because that looks fucking sweet. It is pretty. It's very pretty. Yes, it is. It's prettier than me. It's definitely prettier than me. But yeah, you know, that's not well, saying you know what they say. I have a face for radio. <laughs> anyway, the other cool thing that is much more gaming related is that. In addition to its weird HoloLens thing that Microsoft has been working on for a while, uh, they're working oh, on... That weird? It's a little weird. I like it. I but it's one. still a little weird. No. It's a little weird. Anyway. But Microsoft is working on yet another VR headset. So there's going to be another VR headset on the market. And we don't know how much... This is like part of part of that whole Project Scorpio VR thing. I, w I wouldn't say yet another. It's yet another. I, but they've only worked on one. No, no. I'm saying like it's yet another VR headset on the market. Like there's the Oculus. No, I got you. I got there's you. the HTC Rift or Vive. HTC Vive. HTC Vive. Uh, the PSVR. Yeah, I got you. PSVR. Oh, the, one, the one Razer makes. 
Yeah. Um, there's there's a few of them. But the interesting things about this one are that they're working with multiple hardware manufacturers right now. Yeah, so Acer, Asus, Dell, HP, and Lenovo, like all the major laptop and computer manufacturers, which mm -hmm. is kind of is the first color me curious. Like I I want to know what you're working on. Uh, it's supposed you have my to, attention. It's supposed to arrive in spring of 2017, which is right around the corner, which is yeah. also kind of interesting. And then one of the things that they talk about is that it's going to be the first headset that does not like all of the sensors are internal, so it does not require any special setups to function. Like you don't have to have cameras there to track your position. You don't have to have sensors around the room. Everything is contained within the headset itself. Mm -hmm. which sounds really awesome because that means you don't need like you know 10 by 10 foot area or a 5 by 5 foot area that is devoid of anything to use this which some of the other ones actually require right now i th i think the oculus absolutely required that yeah but one of the big things about it is like okay yeah that stuff is all cool but how much does it cost and the answer is 299 about as much as a console right now, which is fairly inexpensive. Yeah. I mean, the PS PlayStation itself, the PlayStation 4, is $300. Yeah. It's the same price as a console. Yeah. And then to top that all off, it's like, okay, $300, that's cool. But do I need like a $2,000 PC to work on this thing? And according to Microsoft, there are no specs announced or anything yet. But their exact wording was, it will work with affordable laptops and PCs. Mm -hmm. my hunch is affordable it probably means in the six to eight hundred dollar range because that sounds like what they're talking about like yeah you know you can have a mid-grade pc yeah a della you know whatever like a i'm trying to think of a good one that would fit in that branding but yeah just you know something you would so normally alienware <laughs> yeah well the alienware 13 could and that's Ooh. about a grand but we said affordable. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I, I think it's probably, you know, looking at something within the six, $800 range could run it, which is a lot of computers. It is. Yeah. A so ton. like that, that's a general, like you could get up, get a college laptop off the shelf for about that much. Yeah. And that's actually something that makes me really curious about it because as we've discussed before, I would love to get a VR headset to use while playing elite dangerous. Yes. It and, seems like an interesting deal. And I would be willing to, as, as long as it gets support, like, you know, you can, all your Steam games that support VR are supported by this. I am definitely going to consider buying one once they come out and I can see a couple of reviews. It's inexpensive enough that I can purchase one, plug it directly into my computer, which is a lot more than six to $800, and just go nuts with it. I'm, I'd be yeah. perfectly content with that. My trouble would be getting used to just touch controls with regards to the uh, HOTUS, which is, I, I'm not 100% touch control with that yet. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, you should see my HOTUS that has a bunch of extra shit on it compared to yours. Yeah, mine is a bare bones, <laughs> a reasonably bare bones model. Like, I, I'd say it's a mid-grade HOTUS. Yours is yeah. a little bit higher end. Yours is, if I remember it right, yours is the uh, detachable Thrustmaster one? Correct. Yeah, that that's... Actually, probably considered entry level. Mine's probably considered oh, really? just above entry level, which is kind of funny. I mean, yeah, I only paid like sixty bucks for it. Yeah. Mine's, I think, retails for one hundred and fifty. 
Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, Hotas setups get fucking ridiculous. Like eight hundred dollars plus for the high end ones. For for those who don't know, Hotas stands for Hands On Stick and Throttle. It's basically the stick and throttle setup for any sort of flight simulator games. Sorry, we should have yeah. mentioned that before. Yes, but it's uh, they they can get really really crazy really really fast, especially if you start trying to be completely cockpit identical because there's a couple of companies that make ones that like i mean you can buy the entire dashboard control panel layout for a cessna to use in flight sim to fly a cessna <laughs> like microsoft flight sim it's they're nuts and it's several thousand dollars worth of stuff to attach to your desk i wish that i had that kind of money to blow on it i yeah. certainly wouldn't blow it on that but i wish yeah. i had that kind of money anyway yeah. next Some one people love their flight sims all right, uh, we do have some pretty cool news in that um, Black Friday, uh, Nintendo has announced a new 3DS deal, which is 99 bucks for the new 3DS on yeah. Black Friday. It's a if you haven't seen it yet, it's a cool little version of the 3DS too. It it's, looks it looks really neat. It has basically all the little Mario characters on the back of it, so it has like Bullet Bill and Koopa yep. Troopa, and I don't know if it actually has Mario or not. Like it has a Goomba. I think I, I saw. Don't remember. Maybe a piranha plant. Like, but it has like all these little figures on the back of it, like as kind of like highlighting detail. Interesting. They're they're pretty cool. But the big thing is, is so it's the new 3DS, which is basically the equivalent of the what was the 3DX 3DS XL. Well, is it the new 3DS XL? No, it's the new 3DS. That's it's yes. It that's is, what I said. It it does not have any XL branding. The new 3DS is the size of the XL of the original one. There it's, is actually the there was branding on it that said new 3DS XL, which is the one the one I own. Okay. Well, I don't know. That's not what anyway. this one is. But anyway, the important part is on Black Friday, you can pick up a 3DS for $99, which is kind of amazing. It's that that is dirt cheap for a 3DS. Yes. And not not only that, but the new 3DS, which has access to new titles. Yeah, because they, uh, they did end up updating the 3ds with when they moved to the new 3ds they, they had games that would only work with the new 3ds just yes. to points of clarity yeah so there is also as a comparison the 2ds which can also play all of the same games as the new 3ds it's uh 79 prior to taxes um it is also smaller like it has smaller displays on it yep. um and it does not do 3D. So normally the new 3DS is like 180 to $200 at retail. And it's mm-hmm. going to be $100 on Black Friday for this special edition that actually looks pretty cool. So if you've thought about picking one up, especially with, I don't know, there's a new Pokemon game coming out like in a week or two. <laughs> Pokemon Sun and Moon. Yep. And uh, if you've been thinking about picking one up to play stuff, like that's actually a really, really good time to do it. And I don't know if you have to brave the Black Friday sales to go out and to purchase it at a store or if it's a store agnostic, but yeah, hopefully um, it's store agnostic you can pick it up on Amazon. I haven't looked, but I will put an article that will have more information in the show notes. But I, I would assume you can probably pick it up on Amazon for that price, hopefully. That would be fucking amazing. Yeah. Cross my fingers for you, folks. All right. So now a weird bit of news that came out adjacent to blizzcon which just happened um 
So if you haven't heard, there's a big controversy a while ago with a basically fan-run private server of World of Warcraft called Nostalrius. It has a really weird name. It is. Um, So what made this game interesting is that it ran vanilla WoW. So the original level 1 through 60 ended with, you know, uh, Blackwing Lair Lair, and Next Ramus. Mm-hmm. like old school it. old school world of warcraft when this first debuted in what was it 2003 uh yeah 2003 2004 yeah the, when, uh, when we're talking when the when the game when first debuted, when it first dropped out yeah. this is this is what nosaurus is yeah prior to burning crusade so yeah it's, like it's old school original world of warcraft they had like almost 200,000 players that had signed up for the game across its lifetime mm-hmm and a few months ago, it got you know super super famous because they had received a cease and desist letter from Blizzard Activision. Because, Understandably so, because you have to defend your trademarks or else they are not worth anything and can't be defended. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they shut their server down and had this huge uh, end of the game event, and hundreds of thousands of people showed up to say goodbye to the server and stuff, and. Then some weird stuff happened afterwards, like the team that made the the server got flown to Anaheim to go visit Blizzard and sat down and talked with the ad the people at Blizzard that run World of Warcraft about uh, what has been termed legacy servers, which are you know servers that run versions of World of Warcraft that aren't the most recent version, because there's a lot of people. Uh, kind of myself included that prefer older versions of it like i really enjoyed wrath of the lich king that's probably still my favorite even though i really kind of like the way legion is working right now but if they could go back and play burning crusade and only burning crusade or if they can go back and play wrath of the lich king or if they could you know if they liked mr pandera and they could you know go play mr pandera like the whole time. come on yeah but there's some like five people people who liked it yeah i know but that's what i'm saying but if they did and they could go back and play that server all the time there are people that definitely would so that was so they did this and they they basically had said well we're waiting to hear from blizzard blizzard people want these legacy servers you you should do it and people have been wondering how blizzard was going to do it and if they were going to say anything and apparently for the group that did nostalrius they decided that BlizzCon was was the line in the sand. Like either mm-hmm. Blizzard announces something about legacy servers or addresses legacy servers at this at this convention, or they are going to take drastic measures, basically. And Blizzard did not announce anything or talk at all about legacy servers at the event. And so the the Stalarius people are going to be releasing their source code into the public domain. So the first thing that they are doing is there's another private server that has started building itself up really well. And they just don't straight donated their source code to this other server so that they could, you know, function better basically. Yep. And then apparently they're just going to, I don't know if they're just going to torrent everything and just, you know, make it so that it's impossible for Blizzard to shut down 
that that would be the most efficient way to do it i think to get it Probably. out there and yeah. never yeah just make sure it can't be blown into oblivion and and then yeah who knows they they claim that they basically since they went to visit blizzard have not had any communication from blizzard at all have not heard anything at all so this was the only thing that they could do to show how serious they were i don't know i don't it's very weird it's and it's going to be interesting to see if anything happens to them legally because you know they had that cease and desist letter and yeah they down the server but i mean now what what we we don't know what was in the cease and desist letter it might have just is it just the cease and desist running the Mastabria server yeah or i don't know cease and desist doing anything with blizzard code or what because if it's just hey we're going to release this and it the cease and desist order was just for the server there's no recourse that i can think of i mean i'm granted i'm not a lawyer but mm, yeah i got nothing okay there's one more thing we want to talk about before we get to our questions and Dan stumbled across this commercial a little bit ago. And we just want you to stop the podcast for a second. Just pause it. We want you to watch this link and come back so we can talk to you about it. Okay? Yes. It'll be okay. it'll be titled something like go watch this and come back. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Go. You back? Perfect. All right. So what, what the, the fuck, fuck was that? Yeah, what, what was that? <laughs> Okay, first, uh, that, that fuck it, let's go to space. Yeah, it's just, it'd be great thing to say fuck it, but still, let's just go to space. Screw it. Yeah. Okay, sure, I'm in. I'm I'm curious. You have me. You have me curious. Dude jumps into a fucking jump jet, flies off into space, and then everything goes insane. Yeah, I have no idea. Like it is just there's. <laughs> there's the there's the dude who's just fucking zip lining into the the top of a big ship, punting somebody, ripping off yeah. his face mask. Yeah. They they go inside. There's a cool woman with a shield who's just ramming people out of her way. She pulls off pulls the shield back and just this big ass smile on her face. Danny McBride shoots a bunch of people and just mocks uh, Michael Phelps for warming up. It's just yeah. it is insane. Yeah. So the one really. F- probably the most redeeming quality of this if there is any redeeming quality to this is like the fact that it basically completely mirrors and parallels the trailer that they did at e3 that we were yep. like hey wow that trailer was really crazy and cool what and game is this call of duty do what <laughs> yeah so which, which is which is a huge thing for us because one i'm not a huge call of duty player and dan is even less of a call of duty player than i am yeah so yeah, to impress us that much is with a Call of Duty game is enough to be like, okay, I will pick this up when it gets to a, a more reasonable price than sixty dollars. Yes, definitely. But oh, it yeah, this commercial is just so crazy. Like, why? why well, first, why would you do a live action commercial for Call of Duty? The thing I, is that they've done this in the past though, because yeah, they had uh, they had Jonah Hill in one of them, if I recall correctly. Like they had him for uh, not like what is the the not uh, advanced warfare? I think they had him for didn't they? I don't know. The most the, the the most recent one before this, where they had Kevin Spacey as the as the one of the 
voice actors slash mocap guys? Maybe. I don't. I really don't know. I haven't been paying attention to their commercials. Like I only saw this at the beginning. Like I was watching a video on YouTube, and this was the the commercial that came on at the beginning of the YouTube video, and I was just so what perplexed by this video that I I immediately went and looked it up, and then sent it to Paul, and then went back to watching the video. Like it was it was very much a what the shit did I just watch? Baffled is a good word for it. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. So yeah, go watch that, um, and please feel free to send us some comments on Facebook or emails yeah. or something. Being with your reactions as well, just yeah, what? And actually, something kind of funny about the game. Uh, apparently, Microsoft has been offering refunds on Call of Duty Infinite Warfare if people purchase it on uh, at the Windows Store. Really? Why? Because the game is it's it's segregated so if you buy it on games for windows you cannot play multiplayer with people on steam or xbox (laughs) (laughs) so the the steam and xbox people can play together but games for windows can't (laughs) according to microsoft this was an intentional decision made by Activision. Oh, that's that tickled me. And one of the people who bought it for games for Windows and was basically complaining to people on either Reddit or Twitter about it. And he said he was trying to to matchmake, and there was only one other person online looking for games. <laughs> that's that's good. That's really good. So basically, right. they're they're offering refunds to literally anyone who bought the game on Games for Windows. It's so, Ugh. not that we know anyone who buys games on the Windows Store, but yeah, no, don't does. buy this one on the Windows Store. Yeah, just don't. I mean, unless you're buying tablet games, you got no reason to go on the Windows Store. Yeah. All it's right. Just, it's just funny. Let's get so, some window, Let's get some questions in. Viewer questions. Oh yeah. All right. This comes from our friends over at Hops and Heroes. What's your favorite type of chip? So if you were paying attention to our Twitter at all, you would know that one of my favorite types of chips are the Miss Vicky's Kettle Cooked Jalapeno Chips. And apparently they're also one of Drew's favorite types of chips because he mm-hmm. texted me a picture. Like he sent me a picture right back on Twitter, which is kind of funny. Yeah, um, it was a good time. I it, that is actually a tie for me because one of the ones like that's kind of my go-to at sub shops because you know you they're readily any, available. Any sub shop pretty much carries uh, Miss Vicky's kettle cooked chips, um, but if I have my choice of all chips, I have a tendency to go with the Utz crab chips because they're fucking delicious. Because basically, it's just chips with Old Bay seasoning on them, and they're fucking delicious. Indeed. Other than that. I only have a couple more funny things to add, which would be my troll answer would be chocolate are my favorite type of chips. Yes, indeed. And uh, for a gaming related one, since we're a gaming related podcast, my uh, my answer is the NVIDIA Pascal is my favorite type of chip, which is what's used in the uh, 10 series NVIDIA cards like the 1060 and 1080. And Paul's just, I just nodding. I'm just kind of nodding and shrugging. My cat's currently nosing my foot. <laughs> so Paul, I was like, "What the fuck?" 
what is your favorite type of chip? I don't know. I actually don't really have one. I've never sat down and just been like crunched into a chip and be like, this is the best damn chip I've ever eaten. Never had that happen. I like pickle chips. Not like actual pickles, but you know, chips that taste like pickle. Wow. Mm, they're pretty good. Fried pickles are awesome. Yeah, I got, um, actually, I have Uts on my kitchen table with fried pickle chips. They're pretty tasty. I bet. Yeah, right. So uh, we've got a, like, a four people asking us flat out. Phil Hawkins, Tony Evans, Melissa Ray Baker, and Jay Jorgensen. You mean Yay Jorgensen? Yeah? Yeah? What are your first impressions of the Nintendo <laughs> Switch? <laughs> Um, I don't know. Like, it is a very interesting concept and kind of a really cool idea, mm-hmm. but it really depends on how they execute it and how well it's supported by developers. Because if you don't have games, like, I am definitely not confident that first-party games can carry the system. I can allay some fears on that, in that uh, there is a pretty good infographic on about uh, 25 different companies that are going to be supporting it so at the very least it's going to have a good chunk of third-party support and they're pretty large companies like we've we're talking uh unreal engine 4 at the very least is going to support it they've also got from what i saw there was also the uh the new skyrim not just skyrim but the skyrim remaster was also on it granted yes that's also a five-year-old game but still you know it's something that's not just nintendo fucking first party games yeah the the skyrim remaster is actually pretty interesting for it because like like that's that's portable skyrim that's pretty yeah, fucking cool that's fantastic <laughs> that is really cool yeah so unless you're playing on a laptop that's not really a thing you can do yeah so that's that's what makes it interesting for me is not not maybe so much the living room capacity but the fact that it's you know kind of of overly large handheld that can run full console games is kind of interesting yeah if the idea pans out, I'm hoping it does. I, I like the idea of the controller as well. Like the, the detachable controller you can just yeah. attach to the side of the console. Mm-hmm. That's neat. They're basically yeah, I, taking the Wii U the Wii U tablet to the next level. Yeah. I, I just my wonder is how the detachable controllers will compare to the pro controller, which if you don't know the pro controller is the one that's basically like looks more like an Xbox controller, like more like a traditional console controller right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just, I'm curious how, how they hold up together when you have like the two things from the side unit and that weird little buffer thing that you connect it to that makes it into a controller. Like, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how it works. Suffice to say it's piqued our curiosity. Yeah. All right. We've got a troll question. You ready? Uh-oh. Melissa writes in, why did the chicken cross the road? I don't know. Why Why did the chicken cross the road, Paul? Because it could. I don't fucking know. How about someone keeps tapping the goddamn screen because we're playing Crossy Road? Sure. No? No? I, no. I don't even know what the hell no that is. No, none. <laughs> none. No Crossy Road. It's basically endless frogger game mm. for mobile hard pass Ask me and else. and uh you get a, a chicken is one of the playable Fair characters you can, yeah. okay convoluted cross your roads joke there you go melissa our, our buddy scott <laughs> writes in favorite game of all time any platform 
for me, it's it's something I can answer pretty quickly and easily. Mm-hmm. It is Seiken Densetsu 2, otherwise known as Secret of Mana. Great game. Fantastic. I really can't argue with any of that. My <laughs> the, the trouble is that I with favorite games of all time, I don't really have one that sticks out as like this is my go-to game I can play anytime, anywhere, no matter what. The closest thing that comes to that is the PSP version of Final Fantasy Tactics called War of the Lion. Mm-hmm. The Final Fantasy Tactics is subtitled The War of the Lion, which added a bunch of cinematics in, uh, ironed out a couple of issues that Final Fantasy Tactics had. It's the closest thing I can get to where I would be like, I can play this anytime, anywhere, no matter what, that I could just, I could sit down and play it and never be upset. I don't know. All right. Drew, once again, of Hobson Heroes, writes in favorite gaming franchise. Um, For uh, me... I can, almost, I can want me to guess? I, I, I don't know what it could be. Second in Setsu? Yes. I mean, that's, that was, <laughs> that's, come on, that's obvious. Yeah, like those games were all really, really fun. The remake of the original game is really good, which is, uh, I think they called it Heroes of Mana, or no, Sword of Mana? Sword of Mana, I think. Uh, it's for Game Boy Advance, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It's It fixes a lot of the weird problems of, you know, the original Game Boy game, which really emulated Zelda a lot, but was a little crazier. Yeah. And uh, had some really weird-ass crazy puzzles in it that were almost impossible to solve unless, you know, you had a strategy guide because that's how things worked back in the NES eras. And... I'm still still sad that they haven't brought the third game over to the US. You can only play it basically via emulator through it with a translated ROM uh because it has never come to the US or if you uh, can read Japanese or if you can read Japanese which I can't. So, I can't do that. Translated ROM. And then Legend of Mana was actually a really weird weirdly interesting game that had uh like four different storylines you could play through to beat it and uh that one was really fun for the original PlayStation. Nice. So, I don't know. I've always enjoyed the games. They uh, There's a whole slew of them, and I kind of wish they would make another one, but oh well. Yeah, it's Square. They will continue to make Final Fantasy until we choke. Yeah. You can tell how much I'm, a, I'm a, of a fan I am of the yeah. franchise. So suffice to say, that is uh, not my favorite gaming franchise. What? <laughs> I think the closest thing to come to that would be one of two. They're both pretty close neck and neck together, which would probably be Fallout and Diablo. Fallout probably, it depends on the day. Today, it's Fallout. Tomorrow, it might be Diablo. Um, All right. Next question. Is from, is it Brigitte? It is. is. Brigitte Proctor uh, is asking... What game series have you put the most time into? Hmm. Well, there's the cheap cop-out answer that we gave last time, which is the game that we've both been playing for 15 plus years. Yes. That, so, to be fair, the the by far winner of this is a game that we've both played forever called Threshold, which I have been playing since 1997, I think. And so, I've been playing since... actually. Today is the anniversary of when I first started playing, which is <laughs> November 9th of 1999. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So it, uh, you can imagine that over the course of 
20 years we've put in a lot a lot yeah. of time into this game yeah. um yeah but that's not what you're hoping to hear i'm pretty sure but oh, probably do, not. do if you are curious about like actual role-playing games because it's basically a playable kind of DD game like you make a character and you play that character and you mm -hmm. stay acting as that character um and the entire system is kind of built around this fact so it's not like what in my opinion is weird on world of warcraft with like role play servers where you can tell the game is not designed to be played that way which is kind of it just i don't know it never was it was always just really weird for me to see that on games like world of warcraft um, yeah it, it, it's strange yeah but this one is totally it's built that way and, and it's fun to play so go go check out threshold I'll, I'll put a link um but not taking the cop-out answer paul what game series have you put the most time into that's a damn good question i it's it's tough to call since i i never really sat there and just been like oh yeah I, I've, I've been playing for a thousand hours of x game Mm -hmm. maybe final fantasy uh mostly because final fantasy 6 is probably the my absolute favorite rpg ever i know that i've played final fantasy 6 5 4 7 i played a couple of times 8 i never beat but i put a ton of time into it 9 less so but enough that it's significant uh 10 i broke the disc for because it's such a garbage game <laughs> uh, but I've put enough a significant amount of time in that series that it's yeah. it is it's up there. It's definitely up there. If it's not the top one, it's in the top three. What about Silent Hill or Resident Evil? To be honest with you, I, I, I can beat the games in such a short amount of time that it's not anywhere near the ninety okay. plus hours that you spend on a Final Fantasy game. But I have spent a significant amount of time in those as well. That's probably in the top ten. Yeah. For me, my deep love of Silent Hill. It's weird. So for me, my answer is it's one of two games. Mm -hmm. Like literally one of two games. Sure. Um, World of Warcraft. Well. I've that's... my my played time on my most played character. I actually I, I joked about looking at it last time while we were we were recording, but mm -hmm. I didn't. Uh, I did it afterwards. And I couldn't. It's, it's like 150 days of played time on my main character. And then my secondary character, which was my main character before this one, is like 90 days played. So that's a lot of play time. It is. That's, that's, it is. And then between some of my other characters that are all, you know, in the neighborhood of 20 to 30 days played, depending, like, I probably have a year's worth of actual game time in that game. The other one that's probably close is a an older game uh, called Operation Flashpoint. And between me and my friends, we probably at least put a minimum of 1,500 hours into that game. Wow. In multiplayer alone. Wow. Like, I still reflectively know how to play the game, which I found out, funny story, in the military. Because there's uh, some simulators that you can go into that were built back in the day that actually use the Operation Flashpoint engine. Like... The, the Bohemia Interactive made this mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. simulator for the military. And it's actually really cool because uh, the way it worked is you have people who are doing a convoy, which are actually sitting at computers driving these trucks around. 
Right. And then the actual simulator is for gunners. So the <laughs> in a couple of rooms, they have these big fake Humvees set up. And the person in the driver's seat actually has a steering wheel and is driving around. Mm-hmm. And the person in the gunner seat actually can fully swivel around his gun and it's pneumatically hooked up to a thing. And it's basically this giant light gun and a 360 degree screen. And he turns around and shoots enemies with the, uh, with the actual machine gun. And (laughs) I got laughed at by the people running it because I was, at first I was like, Hey, is this operation flashpoint? Cause this, this looks really familiar and like the vehicles drive really familiar and they're like yeah it's based on that game and i was like huh okay um and this was this was in 2012 i think okay and the last time i played operation flashpoint was probably in 2005 or 2006 it's an old game like it it had been years since i played it they they have some newer versions of it that are, are you know Arma, yep, Arma, Arma two and Arma, Arma three Arma, just came out. Yeah, the Arma series is the same developer of the original Operation Flashpoint. Um, so yep. I've played the Arma games and I've played Daisy a little bit, mm-hmm. and so I, like you know the controls are relatively fresh and True. just kind of an instinctively come back when you're playing the game, and so at one point I, my my tr- my vehicle because I'm I'm driving the commander around and my vehicle gets blown up and i'm sitting here looking at the screen going i can see out the windshield of this blown up truck i'm not a bird i'm not dead i wonder if i can get out of the truck so i hit the dismount button to get out of the truck and i get out of the truck so i'm like okay cool i got out of the truck i wonder if i could go get in another truck so i ran up to the truck with the one of the gunners on it and he shot me and killed me what the shit because he just saw a person and freaked out and shot and then got mad because he got told later it was friendly fire (laughs) (laughs) and so so he was really pissed at himself because he shot you know a a friendly soldier yeah and and one of the the guys came in who was running the game was like what the hell did you just do and i was like i realized i wasn't dead so i got out and tried to get in another car and uh and he's like well you realize your buddy in there just shot you and i was like yeah that's on him that's not me well because it was funny because i tried to get in and because yeah. when i couldn't i immediately and that shot started happening basically what you do in flashpoint is you just immediately go prone you just hit the deck yeah and then try and figure out where the shots are coming from sure and uh yeah i got shot while i was laying on the ground uh and killed but it was but it was really funny and and he he was really bad at himself for like the entire rest of the day which made it kind of even funnier well, but, it's on him. but yeah so flashpoint is a lot of fun and we used to do some really great games and i mean sometimes hours of gameplay where you're in a little village and you know you have about 15 minutes to set up defenses before like an entire enemy you know company comes rolling through with a couple of tanks into your town and you have to blow them all up and like you know defend the town yeah. and 15 minutes of setup and then sometimes three to four hours of killing people and you know getting into getting the town clear it's it can be really really crazy no shit yeah but so that was always a lot of fun because basically we would just play all night and we we could literally play sometimes it would be two or three maps and that would you know 
it'd be 6 a.m. and it'd be like, okay, yeah. cool, it's time to stop playing because it's 6 a.m. Is it though? Is it? <laughs> All right. And, and I have to go to work at noon. Well, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now you so, have an actual, an actual answer to this question because yes. we're running with another one. And it was the best way to season a cast iron pan, which yes. I've never done that. Yeah. So I actually have a more complete answer this time, which is actually kind of funny because we oh, actually just reseasoned our cast iron pan. And uh, so my wife has a question for our podcast, which is how do you salt scour a cast iron pan? Okay. And my answer to that question is you have your wife look it up on the internet and do it because that's what happened. Like she just was like, we need to clean this. How do we clean this? Oh, you salt scour it. So she looked Fair up enough. how to salt scour it and she did it. So you just let your wife do it. That's how you uh, salt okay. scour yeah, a okay. cast iron pan. So there you go, Cassie. That's how you salt scour a cast iron pan. But so if you have a cast iron pan that you need to season, like literally the way that we did it after after you we scoured it, you reseason it. So we used lard. Like literally we just, you know, Crisco works too, but you know, we had lard for my wife has been making soap lately so we just you know have lard laying around which is kind of funny uh but yeah you just literally kind of like butter you just kind of rub it all over the damn pan and then you put it in the oven and you cook it for like 30 minutes and uh then once it cools it's seasoned fair enough and then you start cooking shit in it and my recommendation is take a bunch of steak and wrap it in bacon and cook the fuck out of it and then you further season the pan, and then everything tastes like delicious bacon wrap steak, which you know is the best. That's, use. A, that's a necessity, really. It's, it's the best use for a uh, cast iron pan when you, uh, it's too fucking hot to want to go outside and grill. Fair enough. All right, we have one more question, and then I'm going to go to bed. Yes, Drew writes in of Hops and Heroes fame. Are you excited about the Diablo One content coming out for Diablo Three? Me. Fuck yes. Yep. Paul's Paul had a little orgasm when he found out about that. Just a minor one. Like like a maybe a maybe a three on the Richter scale. Yep. <laughs> you measure your orgasms on the Richter scale. <laughs> do, do you not? Uh no, not personally, no. Maybe you should. Maybe. Anyway, maybe I should hook yep. up a bunch of like electrodes and stuff and measure it like a geological survey. Okay, so now are you excited <laughs> about the Diablo 1 content coming out for Diablo 3? All right. My official answer is meh. Like I I like the concept. Like it's it's interesting that they're going to add like a weird pocket dimension into Diablo 3 that you can play through Diablo 1 and I assume it's going to still use the Diablo 3 mechanics, not revert back to Diablo 1 mechanics. See, I'm not sure about that. That's what I, I honestly kind of hope they don't. Yeah, like kind of hope it's basically clone Diablo 1 and Diablo 3 engine. Yeah, but I I just I don't know how they do that. Like that's I don't know. that's why this it's interesting in that way like of I want I'm interested to see how Blizzard pulls this off and how they do it. Uh I actually don't know if I'm entitled to a free copy of it because I think you have to have Reaper of Souls and I don't know if I have that. I might I really don't remember. Fair um, enough. I know I do. I might. I really don't know. I have no idea. Um, okay. But yeah, I've I've played all three Diablo games so far, and for the most part, I'm kind of meh about the series. Like it's 
it's okay. It's fine. I mean, it's not for everybody, but it's, it's by far my favorite Blizzard offering. Super, super grindy, grindy stuff. Did you not like Borderlands? Borderlands is also super, super grindy, grindy stuff. Yes. I thought you liked Borderlands. Sometimes. It's basically Diablo with guns. Yeah, but Borderlands is also funny. Yeah, Diablo has moments. <laughs> but no. Um, and anyway. I think part of it is that my friends who played, especially Diablo 2, were like so far ridiculously ahead of me. It was just boring because yeah, I hate basically that. they run around and fucking kill everything. And basically you just walk around and pick up loot. And yeah, I, I, I don't like that. After about 20 minutes of that, I just want to smash my head into my desk. And if, if you don't create a character along with your friend, create just bare new characters if you want to play with a friend. Yeah. Don't no, they they around. wanted to play their don't level thousand characters don't do or that. Don't do that. Anywhere. Please just just don't be a dick. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah. Yeah, man, so yeah. that's our apology episode. It's it's kind of a we're sorry that like shit fucked up. It's beyond our control. So we gotta give you some goodness. Yeah. So we can prepare you for the next episode. If you want to reach us, you can reach us over at facebook.com slash gaming. You can reach a Twitter feed at LoadedCart. Dan runs that. I run my own at Paul Cluel. If you want to roll over to our Reddit thread, it's slash r slash gaming. If you want to head over to our email, it is either paul at loadedcartgaming.com, chop at loadedcartgaming.com, or email the whole podcast at podcast at loadedcartgaming.com. We'd also appreciate it if you just headed over to iTunes as well, give us a review. If you like the show, we'd appreciate it. We don't yep. request five stars, but we won't say no either. <laughs> nice, nice. Anything else? Anything I'm missing? No, I think we're we are good. And we will see you with that DLC quest episode as soon as we can. Yep. Well, here's some smooth jazz to play you out. <laughs> oh, that's that tickled me. <laughs> <laughs>